Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thomas Cavazos here. Did you miss me? I missed you. I missed you so much, I got you a present. Welcome to a brand new season of Stupendous Stories, Fear. Each week in October, I'm going to read you a horror story of my own creation. There will be death, destruction, despair. There will be disasters, natural and unnatural. There will be human misery and human indifference. And there will even be rays of hope in the darkness. But will they last? Well, you'll just have to listen and find out. Before we begin, I'd like to give two quick shout-outs. First, you may have noticed that the podcast has some new artwork this season. This gruesome new illustration was created by my friend, Christopher Flork. Be sure to check him out on Instagram, at theflork. One word, spelled T-H-E-F-L-O-R-K. Tell him Thomas sent you. Second, you may have noticed that we have intro and outro music this season. Our theme song, if you'll indulge me in calling it a theme song, is Slaughter by Dark Fantasy Studio. You can find their music on Spotify. Alright, let's get started, shall we? This week's piece is titled, Business Hours. It was a Monday morning, and Jim was at his desk. His shoulders were slumped, his head craned towards his monitor, his fingers motionless over the keyboard. From time to time, he reached over and clicked his mouse. Occasionally, he read emails. Sometimes he entered data into spreadsheets. Every now and then, he even typed words into documents. It was a Tuesday, and Jim was on his coffee break. He was alone in the kitchen, standing before the coffee machine, a paper cup idling beneath a spout. He wondered what kind of drink he wanted it to make for him. And finally, he settled on a coffee mocha. The machine spat black syrup, white foam, brown powder, scalding hot water, and Jim watched as the ingredients blended together into a pale tan slurry. The machine beeped when the cup was ready to be taken. Jim brought the drink to his lips and sipped. It tasted vaguely like chocolate. It burned his tongue and the roof of his mouth. It was a Wednesday, and Jim sat at his desk eating a turkey sandwich as he scrolled through news sites, through social media sites, through his personal email. He ate with one hand and navigated the internet with the other, occasionally setting the sandwich down when he had to type. On his fifth loop through the sites, Jim reached for a sandwich and found nothing. He groped blindly for a few moments before turning his head away from the screen to look. The sandwich was gone. There were only breadcrumbs on the plate. There were only breadcrumbs on the plate. A small drop of mustard. A single speck of cheese. Lunch was over, and it was time to go back to work. He could have cried. It was a Thursday, and Jim was sitting alone in a conference room, half listening as the voices of people he'd never met oozed out of the black speakerphone on the table. They argued back and forth, debating the finer points of brand identity. A man's voice screamed about achieving total customer satisfaction. A woman screamed back that their focus should be on delivering an unparalleled end-user experience. 
Sometimes they shouted over each other, and their voice seemed to merge into a genderless hiss that insisted to Jim that what the company really needed to be doing was delighting their clients. Or maybe there was a third person on the call, and they simply hadn't introduced themselves. That happens sometimes. It was a Friday evening, and Jim was at his desk wondering if he should kill himself. But before he could decide, it was five o'clock, and time to go home. The weekend passed so quickly that Jim barely remembered it. He had the vague sensation of going on a walk with his wife and their daughter. The fall air just cold enough that they could see their breath in it. They had puffed on imaginary cigarettes and laughed as they tried to outdo each other, blowing bigger clouds. But as soon as he sat at his desk, the damp leaves and the chimney smoke, and the way his little girl's shoes beat against his chest as he carried her on his shoulders blurred and faded, compressed into nothing by the unrelenting sameness of the office. It may have been a cool fall day outside, but in the office it was always a flickering, incandescent seventy degrees. There was a small vase stuffed with freshly cut green leaves sitting next to his monitor. No flowers, no note, just stems with leaves on them. Jim leaned in and gave it a sniff. Mint? he said, and he jumped at the sound of his own voice. It echoed off the walls. He shrank into his seat, expecting to hear a chorus of outrage and shushing and admonitions to respect the decorum of the office environment, but there was nothing. Jim sat waiting for a few seconds until the silence was broken by a chime from his computer. You have one new message, the monitor read. Jim clicked the notification and the email appeared on the screen. From Management to Jim Subject Changes Hi Jim, happy Monday. We wanted to let you know that you might notice some unusual activity in the office this week. We're rolling out some changes that we believe will lead to greater employee productivity and increased employee satisfaction. If you see some unfamiliar faces or equipment slash software, don't worry. It's all part of the plan. P.S. Hope you enjoy the bouquet. The smell of mint has been shown to improve focus and enhance alertness. Jim read the email twice. He looked around his desk to see if there were any other new additions, but saw none. The office walls were the same drab beige, the cubicles of the other employees the same slate gray, the figures crouched within those cubicles the same featureless, hunched shadows. There was nothing new that he could see, not even anything small like potted plants or motivational posters. Jim sat back down. Maybe when he took his coffee break, he'd find new cups in the kitchen, or some sort of decorations in there, or maybe even a new coffee machine. But probably there'd be nothing. From time to time, the company would promise exciting new changes, but rarely did they come. And when they did, they were usually more like minor annoyances. Some newly hired manager seeking to exert their will and shape the world around them to their preferences. And if the changes were lasting, well... Then it wouldn't even matter. Jim would get used to them, and in time, he'd forget that things had ever been different, and then it would be like there had never been a before, only an eternal present, and things had always been this way, and they always would be. 
unless they changed. But they generally didn't. Jim sat down at his desk and turned on the computer. There was already a message waiting for him when the screen loaded. From management to Jim. Subject, new software. Hi Jim, happy Tuesday. We wanted to let you know that we installed voice recognition software on your computer overnight. This will lead to greater employee productivity and employee satisfaction. It's designed to be intuitive, so please begin using it immediately. Thank you. Jim frowned. How was voice recognition software an appropriate choice for an office environment? Even if the software had been programmed well enough that it only picked up his voice, and not anyone close to him, how would it not be completely distracting to have everyone in the office chattering away? And setting that aside, could he even use the software? Did his computer even have a microphone? Jim blinked. Wait, did his computer have a microphone? He ran his eyes along the frame of the monitor, looking for any carefully placed holes that suggested a built-in microphone he'd never noticed before. Finding nothing, he stood up and ran his hands along the back of the monitor. He checked his keyboard, he picked up his mouse, flipped it over, and considered prying it apart before he decided he was being paranoid. What he needed to do was calm down for a moment. Take his mind off things. Maybe he'd take his coffee break early. Jim made his way to the kitchen and set a paper cup under the coffee machine's spout. He pressed some buttons absentmindedly. The machine hummed to life, began dispensing its ingredients. Jim's mind wandered. Had the company installed the software on everyone's computer without bothering to give everyone microphones? He supposed it was possible, but unlikely. The company must have bought the software from another different company and that company would surely be all too eager to sell his company microphones as part of a package deal. And since there hadn't been a standalone microphone waiting for him on his desk that morning, then there must have already been a microphone somewhere in his cubicle. His company was listening to him. Evidently, they always had been. He racked his brain, tried to think of anything that he might have said that could lead to him getting fired. What conversations had he had with his co-workers where they'd made fun of their bosses? How many times had he muttered under his breath, Oh, go to hell. The coffee machine beeped. Jim reached for the cup without looking, his mind still taking inventory of years' worth of trash-talking. Jim's world exploded in pain. He screamed. The coffee machine poured boiling hot water onto his hand. He watched as steam curled away from his skin as the machine spat more and more water at him, far more than would have been necessary for the drink he had asked it to make. Jim brought his hand to his chest, folded his body around it like he was cradling a wounded infant. His eyes darted around the kitchen, but he was alone. Not even his screams had brought anyone from their cubicles to come and check, to come and help, or even to come and complain about the noise. Jim made his way to his desk. He'd write an email to his boss, let them know what had happened. Then he'd go to the hospital. Out of habit, he stretched out his fingers to begin typing, but a bolt of pain shot up his arm. Jim let out a yelp and looked down at his hand. The initial red patch was spreading, and Jim thought of his skin cooking from the inside out. Fine, Jim muttered under his breath. Fine. He reached for the mouse with his weak hand opened an email, clicked the microphone button, and began speaking. 
He finished and read over what the software had transcribed. He clicked send and began to stand up. His computer chimed. Despite himself, Jim opened the email. From management. To Jim. Subject. Regarding going to hospital. Glad to hear the software's working for you. Please continue using it. Thank you. Jim stared at his computer screen. He read the email again, a third time. His hand throbbed. The flesh was an angry red. Small blisters were already beginning to form. Jim sat at his computer. He had wanted to stay home, but his doctor had cleared him for work so long as he didn't try to use his hand. And with the voice recognition software, he wouldn't have to. So, he'd gone into work. It was simpler than coming up with an excuse not to. Jim had a hard time focusing that morning. His hand ached, but only in a dull and distant way, like it was already a half-forgotten memory of pain. But everything else felt like a half-forgotten memory, too. When he tried to log into his computer, it took him three tries before he entered his password correctly. He stared at his desktop and was unable to remember what he had been working on the day before. Should he check his email? Ask his boss if there were any urgent projects he should be tackling? Ask his co-workers if there was anything they needed help with? What was he supposed to do? The computer chimed. Jim clicked the notification immediately, grateful for the distraction from his spiraling thoughts. From Management to Jim Subject Best Practices and Company Policies Hi, Jim. Happy Wednesday. In an effort to overcome knowledge silos and streamline the sharing of information, we've created a centralized database of company practices and policies. If you have any questions, please use this link to consult the database before asking another employee. And if you think of anything useful that may help your coworkers perform their duties, please add it. Jim didn't see how that would help him, but it was at least something to do. He clicked the link and it opened up a window on his screen full of folders. They all looked the same to him, meaningless corporate-approved language. But his eyes locked on one that read, Jim's schedule for Wednesday morning. He opened the folder and found a document inside with an itemized list of everything he should accomplish in the next few hours. Grateful for the clarity, he got to work. Before Jim knew it, it was time for lunch but the schedule that had been laid out for him didn't go past the late morning. When could he take his lunch break? How long should it last? Where should he eat? What did he even have to eat? Jim's computer chimed. From Management to Jim Subject Reminder to use the company database Friendly reminder to all employees to consult the database if they have any questions about company policies, including but not limited to, breaks, vacation, and sick leave. Jim reached for the mouse and clicked through to the database. Under Company Policies, he found a document entitled Lunch Breaks, Coffee Breaks, and Other Thefts of Company Time. The answers within were clear. Get your sandwich from the kitchen. Eat your sandwich at your desk. Do not check your personal email during lunch. Do not visit sites outside of the company intranet during lunch. Do not fraternize with your coworkers during lunch. 
do not take more than 15 minutes from the time you leave your desk to finish your meal. Return to work immediately. That didn't sound right to Jim, but it was what the database said, so it must be. Thursday found Jim more productive than he'd been and longer than he could remember, but a sense of unease suffused him at every moment. He completed task after task before lunch, but each one seemed simple, but all. He tried to think of a time when he'd worked on longer, more satisfying projects, but he couldn't recall a single one. He could only summon a vague recollection that he'd once been praised for his work, that he'd once been told that he would go far at the company, that he'd once been told if they had a hundred workers like him, they'd dominate their industry. And now here he was, answering emails, reading over documents, doing nothing that really mattered. Jim tried to imagine the things he would do over the weekend, the places he would go and the people he would see, but he couldn't. He thought of what he would have for dinner, and the nondescript sandwich that awaited him in the company kitchen was the only thing that came to mind. He tried to think of anything other than work, and could not. Jim rested his elbows on his desk and dropped his head into his hands. His fingers pressed against his eyes, swore from a seeming eternity spent staring at the monitor. I need a vacation, Jim muttered. Jim's computer chimed. When he looked up, the message was already open. From Management to Jim. Subject, Mental Wellness Resources. Hi, Jim. Happy Thursday. We've been hearing reports that some employees are feeling stressed and is affecting their performance. If you'd like to talk to someone about your stress, we brought in a trained professional. They'll be in the conference room all day, so don't be shy. Jim frowned. The company must be downright scared if they were bringing in outside help to keep the employees placated. Jim's frown became a sneer of contempt. For how much money it must cost to bring in a psychologist or whatever to talk with employees, the company could just treat people better. Catering at the Christmas party had to be cheaper than an in-house therapist. Put some complimentary bagels in the break room or something. Why couldn't the company just... Jim's computer chimed again. The message opened itself. From management to Jim. Subject. Free donuts in the kitchen. Jim was out of his chair before he even glanced at the rest of the email. Walking away from his desk might have been a petty form of revolt, but he was still going to do it. Jim left the cubicles and stepped into the hallway that connected the lobby to the kitchen. He was going to get a donut and a cup of coffee and enjoy them. No. Two donuts. And maybe he'd even sit and see if there was a newspaper or a magazine that he could read. He was going to take a proper break. The smell of coffee and fried dough filled his nostrils. The sound of laughter and chatter rang in his ears. A smile came to his face. Jim turned the corner to the kitchen. Jim was in a conference room, a big one that he'd never been in before. There was a single dim light overhead. It left the edges of the room in shadows. A figure sat at the far end of the table, an open notebook and a pen before them, their body little more than a dark silhouette except for their hands. The figure chuckled. I knew that would work. Flies and vinegar and honey and all that. 
Jim stared in silence at the figure, his brain trying to parse their words and finally rejecting them completely. I'm sorry to interrupt, he said. I was just heading to the kitchen. No need to apologize, Jim. You're exactly where you need to be. Now then, let's begin. I... I don't think I was invited to this meeting. And I was just going to grab a donut and some coffee and get back to my desk. Excuse me. Jim turned around. The hallway was gone behind him. There wasn't even a doorway. Jim stared at the blank beige wall. The process has been isolated in a virtual environment, the figure said. They scribbled in their notebook, and Jim winced. The sound sent a creeping, itching sensation over his body, like insects crawling over his skin. The figure set down the pen and folded his hands together on the table. Jim couldn't quite make out the details of their face, but he was certain that the figure was looking at him, studying him even, like a scientist examining an insect mounted on a pin. Scanning for corruption, they said. Jim's stomach tightened into knots. Excuse me? Am I in trouble or something? Hmm. No corruption. Anger flashed across Jim's face. He started walking towards the figure. Whoever this was, even if they were a hired professional, it was downright rude to act like he hadn't been speaking to them. He... Pause task. Jim stopped mid-stride. He stood motionless. He couldn't open his mouth. He couldn't blink his eyes. He couldn't breathe. The figure stood up from the table and walked towards Jim. But even as it got closer, the shapes and shadows didn't resolve into a human being. By the time the figure was just a few feet away from Jim, he saw that they were just hands floating around a person-shaped cloud of nothing. What the hell? Jim thought. What the hell? Please, the figure said. Like, I'm not just going to use the default form for this job. Get out of my head! Stop reading my thoughts! Strictly speaking, the figure said, I'm not. Because you don't have thoughts. Or a head. The figure floated around James, observing him from all angles. What a mess. I don't care how much cheaper this is than hiring and training new people. Maintaining these things is a nightmare. I'm not a thing, Jim thought. I... The figure reached out his hand and plunged it into Jim's chest. Jim's body felt like he was being burned alive, the fire radiating out in waves. Restart the process. Restart what process? What are you... It was a Monday, and Jim was thinking about last night's football game. The figure sighed. Well, that's certainly better than self-termination. Let's try again. The figure drove his hand into Jim's chest. He thought he would black out from the pain, that he would... It was a Monday, and Jim was thinking about how the smile of the cute new security guard at the front desk was the highlight of his day. Yeah, we definitely don't need that clogging up the memory, the figure said. Well then, third time's the charm. The figure clawed at Jim's chest like it was trying to pull out his heart. Jim tried to scream, but his mouth was useless, as useless as his arms and legs, as useless as... It was a Monday, and Jim was thinking about his bad request. 
their daughter, and how the three of them were going to go camping over the weekend. It would be little file, not founds, first time in the woods, and, oh, forbidden. Please don't do this. Don't take this away from me. I'm not a thing. I'm a person. I'm a person. I'm a... The figure snorted. Yeah, that's the problem. Too much person. Not enough thing. The figure reached into Jim's being and began excising parts of him, bit by bit. Jim struggled to do anything at all. It took all the strength he could muster just to close his eyes, but it was enough. Darkness enveloped him like a blanket, and he slipped into it like he would his bed at the end of a long day. It was a Friday afternoon. Jim thought about killing himself, but there was no time. It was already a Monday morning. Instead, Jim turned on his computer. The thought to end it all came back to him. He stared vacantly into space and thought about how he might do it. Maybe he'd go home and put a gun in his mouth, or swallow a bottle of pills, or slip into a warm bath and run a razor blade up his arms. But he couldn't remember if he owned a gun, or if he had any pills, or when the last time he'd bathed had been. When he tried to imagine his house, it was like the image had been permanently redirected to his cubicle. Jim's computer chimed and distracted him from his thoughts. He leaned in to read the message. From Management to Jim Subject No, Jim. Try again. Jim sat back in his chair. He thought about... He thought about... He thought about total customer satisfaction. He thought about an unparalleled end-user experience. He thought about delighting the clients. His computer chimed again. From management to Jim. Subject. Much better. Good job, Jim. Jim smiled. He was glad he was doing a good job. The praise from the company just made the world seem brighter. But better not to dwell on it too much. If he became too proud of himself, why, his productivity might suffer. It couldn't have that. So Jim took a deep breath, the scent of mint filling his nostrils. Full of improved focus and enhanced alertness, it reached over and clicked his mouse. It read emails. It entered data into spreadsheets. Every now and then, it even typed words into documents. This concludes Business Hours. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.